0: It's good to be here. Thank God for the church. Amen? Uh, Funny story about that. Funny story. Uh, You know, if you could just get to the church, you could be safe. You know that? If you just get to the church sometimes, you could be safe. Just get to the church. Uh, You know, in the Old Testament, there was like two or three occurrences uh, where, you know, the, the, the altar has Horns. The altar has horns. The horns of the altar. Well, there were some occurrences in the Old Testament where you would run to the altar and grab hold of the horns and so you could be set free. I, uh, I know that because the other day I was on my way to the church in Lorraine and we were celebrating Pastor Dom's birthday. And I was late getting there. And so I was speeding. Now, I didn't know. I don't know I'm speeding. I just, you know, I just go. I just go. And uh, and but I did know. I did know, my mother. I did know. I did know. I did know because I, I, I heard the Holy Spirit tell me you're going to get a ticket if you don't slow down. And and sometimes we put the Holy Spirit in the back seat because he he bothers us in the front seat. So we say you got to get in the back. And I was riding my Harley that that day. And I said, I put him on the back. I said, you just got to get on the back. And and I was going pretty fast. And I was right. I was close to the church. And and I saw I saw the police officer. And and I tried to slow down. You know how you do. You try to slow down. But you don't want to slam on the brakes because they see your brakes and you know you're you know you're guilty. Then you know you're guilty. They know. You know. You know. And so I didn't slam on the brakes. I downshifted. Uh, but it, you keep, see if you downshift in a Harley, it makes more noise. So, the, so, so I, I saw him, he saw me, and the, the irony of it all is that when he saw me, he was in the parking lot lot of the Greek Orthodox church just around the corner from us. So it was interesting that he was in uh, uh, the church 's parking lot, and I was trying to get to our church, right? So we were right around the corner, and uh, uh, so when I saw him, I'm not kidding you. This is what I said. This is what I said to myself and the Holy Spirit on the back of the motorcycle. I said, if I could just get to the church and grab hold of the horns of the altar, he'll let, I knew, I knew if I could just pull in the church's parking lot, he would let me go. And so instead of slowing down on that road, I turned and kept going until he caught up to me. Now, he hit me, he lit me up about about a quarter mile away from the church, but I kept kept riding, you know. I just kept riding, and I took him all the way to the front of the church. I took him all the way. I took him right to the office door, you know what I mean? Then I got off, and uh, by this time, you know, some of the staff had come out, and they, they were like, what's going on? And I, 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 I'm getting a ticket. And, uh, and I, I said, uh, he said, he said, uh, what are you doing? And I said, oh, man, I knew I was speeding. He said, uh, he said uh, what are you doing here? I said, well, I, I'm the pastor here. He said, you're a pastor here? I said, no, I'm the pastor here. <laughs> he, he said, the pastor? I said, yeah. <laughs> and he took my license and still ran my license. But he didn't give me a ticket, amen? Amen, amen. So I said all that to say, hey, sometimes you just gotta get, to the, gotta get to the church. You gotta get to the church and you'd be set free. And I was set free, and uh, so I pray you're set free tonight because you're here, amen? uh let's let's receive this evening's tithe and offering we just uh, want to take this time to receive the offering and the tithe tonight thank you so much for your faithful support of god's vision for this region we believe god is using church on the north coast and all uh, of our family uh, to reach this region amen you believe that amen so let's pray for it. hold it up before the lord father we thank you for every gift and every giver in the house tonight we pray Uh, Lord, as we sow this seed, it goes in the ground natural, but it comes out looking like heaven. So we thank you for heaven tonight, heaven for our homes, heaven for our children, heaven uh, for our communities. We thank you for favor and promotion. Uh, God, as we sow this, we thank you for heaven on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Take your Bible. Go with me tonight. DSM is meeting. There's some information available for DSM tonight. They're going to have a parent meeting. It's it's coming up. And uh, you need to scan that QR code that was just up there to get all the information. If you have any students, uh, you got to get them here. If you have nieces, nephews, uh, get them here. DSM is, is doing mighty things and you want your kids plugged in. They're getting ready to plan some retreats and go some places, so you, you, you want to get them plugged into that uh, tonight. John, uh, John 1, 4, 41, we'll start there. I'm going to talk to you tonight about transformation, but more specifically about the evil counterfeit to tra- transformation. You know there is an evil counterfeit to transformation. How many feel and sense that the enemy has an evil counterfeit of what God calls transformation there's a trans movement in the world right now do you feel it it's everywhere it's being crammed down your neck it, it, it doesn't matter where you go targets a part of it not uh, you beer uh, no matter where you go there the, the spirit of this age has taken captive uh, the world and so it's not by mistake it's the same so I want you to I want you to know this It's the same spirit different age same same demons different age so we'll start we'll start in John 1 verse 41 it says this says he first found his own brother Simon and he said to him we found the Messiah which is translated to Christ and he brought him to Jesus and when Jesus looked at him he said now now here we are this this is Peter's first encounter with Jesus he just met Jesus They're not two minutes into the conversation. He just met them. They just, he just introduced himself to, to Jesus. He said, I'm Simon. He said, no, you're not Simon. I want you to understand. He said, no, you're not Simon. They just met. Jesus doesn't waste any time, goes hard in the paint, says, nope, you're not Simon. Wait a minute, Jesus. That is my name. That is who I am. No, no, Jesus said, nope, your name's not Simon. Look what he says to him. He said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. He changes his name in the first, in the first two moments of, of their conversation. Jesus changes Peter's name from Simon to Peter. Now that flies in the face of society today. Society today would say, uh, uh, you must accept me as I am. You must. If I tell you I'm a toad, You must accept the fact that I'm a toad. But notice that Jesus, you know God, God is in the business of transformation. He's in the business of change. And and you could say accurately, if you are the same today as you were yesterday, you are not surrendered to the process of transformation. Jesus, remember the, remember the time when Jesus was transfigured. You Remember the story? Raise your hand if you remember that story. Jesus takes a, a few of his friends, they go up on the mountain, and there Jesus is transformed. That word transformed that, that is used, it says he was transfigured. But it's the same word as transformed throughout the Bible. It's metamorphosal. And it means to, to change or alter the state of. To change. To come. And Jesus is changed right there in front of them. He's transformed. He's, tr- he's transfigured right in front of them. Which, tells, which really tells you something about transformation. That if we surrender to transformation. You remember what happened when he was, when he, when he was transfigured? He, his... His physical state, he, be, he, was, he, he became white, dazzling white, and suddenly appeared there with him a couple of guys that were outside of their time. Which tells you, the process of transformation takes the believer into, into spheres of authority and gives the believer access to dimensions otherwise not permitted so to deny transformation to remain the same is to is to lay authority and keep is to surrender authority is to surrender experiences with Christ that are far beyond we say we want power how many how many want power if you want power, then you must be transformed. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about transformation. It says in 2 Corinthians three eighteen, But we all, look at this, but we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being what? We're being transformed. We are being transformed. So as believers... In Christ, we are being changed. Jesus doesn't waste any time. He doesn't ask permission. He doesn't, he doesn't ask if you, it, what do you feel about that? He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't confer with your feelings. He just, he immediately puts you in the process of the cocoon of transformation. Whether you like it or not, you confess Christ you get thrown in, into the, like, this process, dark, scary, changing. Things are happening outside of your control, but you feel change happening to your, to your world. You are changing. Transformation. Transformation is the process by which the believer is formed into the image and the likeness of Christ. Is that fair to say? Transformation is, the, is, is a process because you're not, you're not done yet. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not done. I'm not done cooking. I'm not done cooking. I'm not a butterfly yet. but But I'm in process. So, but... So the image and the likeness that, that is being formed, God is a transformer. And the image and the likeness that he is changing you into is nothing like the world. It's nothing like, it's nothing natural. The, 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 me, the, the purpose of transformation is to make you and me like Jesus, that's it. That's what God's trying to do: make us like Jesus. So, so God has this thing that He uses is transformation. Now, if you just you know etymologically dissect this, if you kind of take pull it apart. Trans means to change the state or the form of something. So God's in the business of changing the state or form of something into what? Into Jesus. So, G- so God is changing us into the likeness of Jesus. He's forming us into the likeness of Jesus. So we are no longer permitted to identify with anything else other than what we're being formed into. We we can't identify with who we were, with where we came from, with what color we are, with with the ideology that raised us. We're not allowed to any longer because God through transformation is is changing us into Jesus the likeness and image of Jesus. So at the core of transformation identity. At the core of transformation is your identity. Who you are. And I want you to know the devil knows. The devil is afraid. Satan is afraid. Just, he's so afraid right now that he's created a counterfeit trans movement in the world. He he can't create. So he, he's, he's just a, he's a huckster. He's a cheap imitator. So he just tries to pretend to be like. So what he does is he says, all right, he's so afraid of your identity. Because, you know, if, if you only identify with Jesus, then what you're telling the enemy is, I don't identify with cancer. I I no longer live. Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live in Jesus. So I don't identify with sickness and disease, and I don't identify with premature death. I don't identify with Caesars. I don't identify with that because that's the nature of of the enemy. So the enemy is so afraid of the sons and the daughters of God. That he's created a counterfeit movement. This is not new, it's old, I'll show you here in a minute. It's not a new movement, it's it's an old movement, new age. Old spirits, new age. So he creates a counterfeit movement. He says, what I'll do is, I'll create, I'll create a movement and I'll make the movement, I'll create a, an evil counterfeit that, uh, that creates a process by which I bring deception to the form of the sons of God into my image and likeness. So he begins to create this counterfeit, this counterfeit transformation, and he, what he does is, is he, he, he creates something similar so it's on the surface it looks like a flower on, on the surface it looks like a, it looks like a beautiful rose it looks like a rose you know it look, it looks it looks pretty on the surface but if you but if you just go beneath the surface just a bit what well, you see it looks virtuous it looks good it looks good What's wrong? What? Well, we should just accept me as I am. I, I was born this way. Listen, look at me. I was born this way. Just accept who I am. No, no, you are not that. You've been born again. Now your identity is Jesus. So, so I, I can't accept. I receive you as you are initially, but baby, you can't stay that way if you be in Christ Jesus. You you must change. If Peter had to change two minutes into a conversation, if Peter changed his name two minutes into a conversation with Jesus, that tells me anytime I encounter Jesus, I'm going to change. Peter, his name was changed. His name was changed. And whenever, you know, in the Bible, when you talk about somebody's name, you talk about their identity. You talk about, you. it's almost a prophetic utterance. When you begin to tell them, I'm changing your name from Jacob to Israel, it's a prophetic declaration. I'm changing your future. So Jesus is in the changing futures by identity. And so we can no longer afford to identify. We can't identify with with what we used to do or or, or the things we, we come from. Once we give our lives to Christ, he expects us to grow daily, second by second, into the image and likeness of God. And Satan knows it. So he says, I'll create a counterfeit. That, that to the transformation of God, I'll create my own movement, and I'll create, I'll defile the sons and the daughters of God, because I can't have them. I I can't have them knowing who they are. So I have to I have to contaminate their identity with a, with a movement that seems similar to transformation. It seems good on the surface, but if you get underneath of it, it's it's it's. It's the nature of Satan. Now, we know that the nature of Satan is, tell me what his nature is. He's come to do what? So on the surface, he makes it look virtuous. It's good. You should accept. Listen, man, I have a proclivity to womanize. Daddy is a rolling stone. What's wrong with that? That's just my nature, man. That's just who I am. But if you go beneath the surface, what you'll see is that's the nature of Satan. And and he's, he's after the sons and the daughters of God. And he says, I have to contaminate the seed of God in the earth. Because I can't, if, if they know who they are, if they know that resurrection power belongs to them and that, and that when they identify with Christ, their identity becomes Jesus, once their identity becomes Jesus, they are a detriment to me. My kingdom is over. So I have to bring great deception to an entire generation. I have to deceive an entire generation into believing that the that their first birth is, is they're okay. That their nature, that their nature is okay, that God's cool with it. I'll I'll even have preachers preach to them and tell them. I listened to some foolishness the other day that went down. I was I didn't even know who this dude was. Because I don't I don't I don't do that. I don't look around, but somebody showed me something. This cat did something on Easter. On Easter, in the name of progression, did something on Easter that, a, that had, no, it didn't even appear good. I mean, if you had the, if you had the, 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 the discernment of a snail, you could basically go, man, that, that, that rose is poisonous. You should leave it alone. Don't mess with it. Don't touch it. Get away from it. Run away from this stuff. He'll create. So the enemy, was he got? He's, the only thing he's got is to contaminate you and I. The, that's the only play he's got is to contaminate the sons and the... So he has to create an evil counterfeit transformation movement. So he says, I'm going to make them into my image. And I'm going to make them into my likeness. And I'm, I'm going to be like God. And I'm going to make... I'm gonna defile the sons and the daughters of God. And I'm gonna steal from them, I'm going to kill them, and I'm going to destroy them. But it's gonna look so good, it's gonna taste good. It's gonna, it's gonna feel good, and I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make them focus on feelings. I, I'm gonna make them, like, I'm gonna make the premise of my theology feelings. I'm going to make my gospel about how it makes you feel. You shouldn't do it. Do what, do what you feel. Jesus doesn't talk like that, man. Jesus, Jesus cares not a one penny about your feelings. He doesn't confer with you. He doesn't ask you your pronouns. He doesn't ask you your preferences. He doesn't ask you none of that, man. He just goes at you and says, I'm changing your name. I'm changing your nature. I'm changing your future. I'm changing this world with you. And if you don't like it, that's okay, because time belongs to me and not you. He just doesn't care. He doesn't care. So he steals, he kills, and he really uses feelings, man. He loves, he loves when we feel certain, certain things, you know, and we, we live by our feelings. So we only have one identity, and that identity is Christ. So how does, he, how does the enemy transform a generation? How does he create such great deception? How does he do this? How does he create such great deception? Like I said... It's the same spirit, different age. But I, I need just to understand Ephesians six twelve. I want you to see this. Now I know we read this a lot. I know we read this one a lot, and I know, I know. You, but I want you to pay attention to what it's saying here. I, I, I used to believe. I used to have this theology that I used to think that a believer could not be possessed by the devil. I used to believe that. I used to think like, there's no way. There's no way. How could how could god live and then the devil but I'm going to show you why I changed my mind he says uh, we don't wrestle now here's what I want you to I'm not take away the wrestling part and just we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but what so there's principalities so I want you to see there are principalities so how does he do it how how does he do this how does he create a trans movement in the earth that deceives everybody? Have you, ever, have you wondered that lately? How, has the, how, have, how in the world have we got from that place to this place in such a short amount of time? It don't make no sense, man. It don't make no sense that we don't know what rest- restroom to use. It don't make no sense that our children are being exposed to sexual immorality in our schools, and we're okay with that. I mean, it don't make no sense that pharmaceutical companies run commercials on our television, and we're cool with that too. It don't make no sense, man. How in the world did we get here? Have you ever asked that? Have you been asking that of yourself? I'm asking that. Like, How in the world have, how did the enemy do this? How did he deceive so many people so fast? What did he use to do this? Principalities. So, so, so I want you to see that the devil has lock on principalities. He's got lock on principalities. Now that word, principalities, is interesting. It, 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 it references, like, it gives you the reference that in some way the devil is in alliance with the authority in the earth now you don't you could get mad at me if you want to this is the time you might close your bible and walk out the door but i'm just going to tell you the truth man i'm telling you that anytime in the old testament listen anytime in the old testament where a king came remember the kings a king would come into power And they would say something like this. He was a good king. And what did he do? He was a good king. He tore down the Asherah poles in the high places. And because he was a good king and he tore down the Asherah pole, now I want you to notice he was a king. He was a civic leader. These are literal, he was a civic leader. He was a king. He wasn't, like we read the Bible as if these people were like, no, God used the, the principalities in power at the time. He used the civic leaders at the time. And if the civic leaders at the time were virtuous, were, were true to God, obeyed the laws of God, loved God, what we know is they would they would run to the high places, which speak of influence in in culture, they would get to the high place and they would tear down the alliance of the high place that worshipped Satan. So that was But if it was a bad king, if he was a bad king, and there are more bad kings than there are good kings, you know what I mean? And I like you don't have to believe me; just read your Bible. It's there for you. There are more bad than there are good. There's a few good ones and a whole mess of bad ones. Now, that should tell you something about the, the current climate of our political state. That there's a, there's a few good ones, but the mess up ain't that good at all because the nature of man outside of the identity in Christ is fallen. They, they are duped by their feelings. They, run, they, they have a counterfeit culture that they're participating in. They, they bear the image and the likeness of the one who contaminates them. So, so how does it happen? So, so principalities matter. So against principalities, against what? Powers. powers. How did he do it? He, he used principalities. He uses powers against the rulers of darkness. So wait a minute. You're telling me that, this, that he did it through principalities. Principalities. Powers, rulers of darkness. So what I want you to recognize is, and, and what I want you to see is, and, and, and wickedness in high places. High places. So you wonder, how did he do it? Well, he uses uses principalities, he uses powers, he uses rulers, and he uses wickedness in high places. And here's what I'll tell you. Demons prefer to go undetected. Demons love a naive church. Demons love an ignorant church. Demons love a progressive church. Demons love a compromising church. Demons love a church that don't know how to rightly divide the word of the living God. Demons love it. These spirits love it because why? Because it makes it easy for them to deceive the sons and the daughters of God into believing the flowers that bloom every day are from God, not from the devil. They're not bad. What's wrong with with some some people walking in the school and and shaking themselves in front of our children and, and reading material that's pornographic. What's wrong with that? I mean, what's wrong with, I, with letting a five-year-old decide whether he's a boy or a girl? Well, first of all, God said he made them male and he female. He didn't make them one way or the other. It was distinct. He said, I, I made them this way. I formed and fashioned them that way. And if you don't like it, you can go back to the Bible and read it. But he uses principalities, powers. Rulers of darkness, wickedness in high places to deceive, to bring deception. He, uh, Colossians 2, eight. look at what it says. Beware, everybody say, beware. Because people are going to try to cheat you. Because the roses that come out the garden of the enemy... They're not what they appear to be. He's going to try to cheat you. He's going to try to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going to try to cheat you out of what belongs to you. He's going to try to cheat you out of all the promise. He's going to try to steal it from you. And how's he going to do it? How's he going to do it? I'm going to cheat you. Through philosophy <laughs> And if you don't know If you don't know the word You won't know That philosophy Is antagonistic To the word Of the living God The only thing about philosophy is Sounds smart Sounds good Some of the stuff they say sounds logical, but it's not the word. And the Bible says, Paul says here, how will they deceive you? Philosophy. He says, and it will be empty deceit. There's another another translation that says empty philosophy. He'll use empty deceit and tradition. Tradition. If, if, I got to be careful how I say this. I will not I don't, if you were raised a certain way and you are white, then you must think a certain way. Tradition. Because of where I come from, this is who I am. But that's not what the Bible says. No, no. The Bible says I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Doesn't matter where I came from. Doesn't matter who I came from. I'm a new creation. So it doesn't matter. But what does he do? The great deception of the enemy is he he says, here's what what staggers me, That, that we, as sons and daughters of God, that the enemy is so afraid of our identity in Christ that that we come down from our identity and we play in the mud with, with, with the ideologies of the world. That we get all we get ourselves all muddy in the ideologies of the world. This side and that side. And we participate in the mass deception of the world. Rather, rather than staying true to our identity, a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, doesn't matter if you throw me in the fire. Let me tell you something. I know my God and whom I serve. He'll come in the fire and snatch me out. I don't care. You can't scare me. You can't intimidate me. You can't make me believe a lie I won't do it but what does he do here's what here's what freaks me out that he's so he's so deceived a generation that he's made us believe that our ideology is our ethnicity (laughs) you get that one on the way home Well, because I come from this place, and this this, this who I... So, so he desecrates the sacred and turns the blessing into a cursing. That's what his nature is, to take the blessing and turn it into a cursing. So I got to move on. So... He deceived, and he he uses these three spirits. I'm just going to talk about three real fast, and there are more, but these ones primarily are the spirits of the age that, that he has used to deceive the sons and the daughters of God Throughout the ages. He, he, he's done it in, 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 the, in the Hebrews, in the time of the Hebrew children. He, he did it in the 60s with the sexual revolution. He began it in the sexual revolution. And he's, he's only gained momentum w- momentum with it. He said, how shall we deceive? How, who, who's going who's to deceive him? He said, I'll do it. I'll be a lying spirit in the mouth. So he, he says, okay. So these three. So you, you know that there is... So he he uses powers, principalities, he uses rulers of darkness, and here's their names. You ready? Baal. You remember that guy? You remember you read your Bible, you read about Baal. You know who Baal was? He is, he is the seducing spirit of greed. He is the seducing spirit of greed. He was the God of thunder. God of thunder, which in biblical times he meant he controlled the commerce the money so if it rained you had money because you had crop you grew crops and you were able to sell so he is the seducing spirit and he is money so how how is the devil able to deceive so many people right in front of their eyes without them paying attention well he 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 makes them love things he makes them love things he just causes our hearts to be smitten. This spirit right here, Baal, causes our hearts to be smitten by money. And, 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 and it's contaminated a lot with power, too, because we associate, and it's more to do with power, because if you've learned anything, money gives you power, Power is really what it's at, but, but, so he controls. And you know you know, what's interesting? If you, go, if you go downtown New York, Manhattan, what you'll find is the image of Bell. You know what you'll find? You know what his image was? A bronze bull. He's a bronze bull. Google it when you get home. What you'll see is I sat on it and took a picture. Went down there, sat on it, took a picture. There was a bronze Bull in the financial district in Manhattan. Because the enemy knows, how do I deceive them? I make them lust after things things. I make them want more and more and more and more. I make them compete with one another for more. I make them want bigger cars and bigger houses. And and then I give them, and then I, I make them want it so much that they have to work for it and they become slaves to what they want. So I lead them astray by deceiving them into just Go get this. Get your bag, man. Get your bag right. Go get your money. Make sure your bank account's stuffed. Make, fall in love with it. That's Baal. And Baal runs the world today. Then, then there's Ashtara. Ashtara. Ishtar was her name. I'm going to come back to her. Because that's where I want to settle because she ooh she's trifling <laughs> ooh she is she is some kind of mm, mm mm but then but then there was molech molech is the spirit of genocide and specifically the genocide of children and you wonder how in the world could it be okay? Why? Why? Why oh why, in the name of all things pure, are we fighting with one another about whether or not we should be murdering the unborn? I mean, why oh why is there a conversation in the house of the Lord as to as to whether or not we should be murdered? 60 million. Unborn babies murdered by a spirit of Molech. And it's been there from the beginning. They tried to murder. They tried to murder Jesus. They tried to murder Moses. They tried to murder Joseph. They just keep murdering, murdering, murdering. How is, is, how is this happening? It's the spirit of Molech. Now, the spirit of Molech is interesting. Because even though he's a spirit of genocide, he's a spirit of selfishness he's selfish. He breeds selfishness. He's like, he just, he just like make everything about you. Make your church attendance about you. Make your children about you. Make all of life about you. And if anything comes in the way of you, you murder it. You dispose of it. You get rid of it. You you take your children through the fire and you feed it to Moloch. So he turns the blessing into a cursing. This is the nature of the enemy. What does he do? He turns the blessing, what God meant to bless, what God meant to be a blessing, masculinity in men. He meant for it to be a blessing. He meant for a man to protect a woman and her children. So what how does the how does enemy how does the enemy sell this bouquet of roses? He he well he he feminizes men, first of all. He said, I'm gonna feminize the man. I'm gonna strip the man of his masculinity. I'm coming to Asherah now. So the, Yeah, so I'm gonna go to Asherah. She was the goddess of fertility. Now, here's here's where where it gets interesting. She was the goddess of fertility. It was believed by many heretical theologians that she was the wife of Yahweh. Heretical. They, They wanted to associate Asherah with Yahweh. They wanted her to be, so they may. But what's interesting about her is she's the God, she's the spirit of the age of sexual immorality. Sexual immorality. And she's, she's so thirsty that her thirst cannot be satisfied. She, uh, she, was, she hired priests. Her, her priests were males. She would bring males as her priests, and she would dress them as women to serve as a priesthood. Remember, the enemy is just a cheap huckster. He steals from what's God's. So what does Asherah do? She sets up her own priesthood and she she makes all the men serve her, but she she makes them dress like women. She is the the OG uh, uh, of woke ideology. She, she, She is where it all came from. The sexual revolution, her spirit was there. The pill, her spirit was there. Abortion, Roe versus Wade, her spirit was there. How are we deceived? Her spirit deceives us. Why? Because she comes, she's a goddess of fertility, but she's also, she says this of herself. She says, I am woman and I am man. She's the goddess of fertility that claims to be woman and man, and she is a warring woman. She's a warring god. So she. So what does. So what does the enemy do? He, he turns blessing into curse. He steals the femininity with the spirit of Asherah. He steals the femininity and softness of women of the age, and he makes them hard. He makes them fight. He makes a feminist movement rise from the ashes in the name of virtue. I mean, why would we not want to be strong and empowered women? We should be able to to do everything that a man could do. He deceives them. Why, how? by a spirit of seduction and sexuality that, that puts their pride in their appearance, in their sexuality, and puts their pride in their power to control man. I'm more powerful than men. But steals the blessing from the woman. Looks good, but underneath, it's stealing. It's killing women. I mean, Women are supposed to be soft. Tender, caring. Women aren't supposed to be able to murder. They're not supposed to be able to war. It's not their place to war, it's man's place to war. What does he do to man? He steals the man's. He turns the blessing of strength from a man, makes him feminine, steals his masculinity and gives it to the woman. Makes the man submissive to the woman. Removes the covering of the man to the woman and her children. Now there's nobody to protect the children from the the fire of Molech. Now there's no one to defend. Now there's no one to stand. Now there's no one to war. There's no one to go in front. Remember when Deborah, remember when she led war? She said, I'm gonna do it, but I want you to know. I want you to know, a, a woman's gonna get the credit because she knew it was contrary to the nature of a woman. She knew it was contrary because women have no place in the battlefield. But what have we done? No, no, in the name of equality and equity, you go out there and fight, fight the wars that belong to men. So he robs. And then what is, what, what, he turns a blessing into cursing? Children are meant to be a blessing? It's a blessing? No, no, you're a curse. Throw them in the fire. Dispose of them. Burn them. Get rid of them. Throw them in the trash. 60 million at a time. All of it. All of it. You say, how did he do it? Baal, a spirit of Baal, spirit of Asherah, spirit of Moloch. Great deception. So he creates a trans movement in the earth that appears virtuous, that appears equitable, that, that appears good. But underneath little seeds of destruction. Little seeds of murder. Little seeds that steal from us. So I, I know what you're wondering. So okay, how how in the world? <laughs> good, great. Okay, this is this is uh, what now then? Okay, what are we gonna do now? Okay, here. Here, I'll close with this. So, how does the believer in Christ protect your peace, first of all, in a world that's gone mad? Have you, have you wondered? Like, God, I can't take, I can't, I can't take another day of this. Like, I don't know how you tolerate this. And how how do we uh, make a difference? I want you to know that God, God has He He brought revival before, and he can do it again. All right? He brought revival before, and he can do it again. And I pray a spirit of Elijah to come upon you. Spirit, here's, what, here's what Elijah did. So first, here's, here's the first thing we've got to do. If we're going to make a difference, and if we're going to protect our peace, here's what we've got to do. You have to retake your authority. You have to retake it. And you cannot exercise what you will not confront. As the church, in the name of, of tolerance and love and acceptance, has, has just opened the doors to, to, to these spirits to come sweeping in. Why? Because we didn't want to offend somebody with truth. We didn't want to offend them with truth. We know it's ridiculous. You know what the Bible says. We know what the Bible says. We know right from wrong. We know truth from lies. But why did we not confront it? Why did we not speak out against it? Why don't we go to the school boards and raise our hand and say, I disagree? Why do we vote in, in agreement with, in alliance with? Why would we possibly do that? Why? Because we, 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 we give ourselves cowardly, cowardly. We, we pull back in the name of tolerance and love and acceptance. We don't want to hurt their feelings. So you, you, you cannot cast a demon out without confronting it. If you're going to cast the spirit of Baal out of our homes, out of our schools, out of our marriages, out of our, our church, if you're going to cast the spirit of Astera Ishtar, out of our society, if we're going to cast the spirit of Molech off of our, our nation, out of our, our schools and college campuses, if we're going to do that, it is going to require a spirit of Elijah. Elijah, 1 Kings 18, he goes to the king. Ahab, who was in cahoots with Baal and Ashtoreth, Jezebel. He was married to Jezebel, who worshipped Ishtar, Ashtoreth. So these two false gods of the day were in cahoots. Elijah musters the courage to go and find him, and you know what he does? Before that, he he says it's not going to rain. He he confronts Baal and says, you're, you're going to know that Yahweh is God. It's not going to rain. And he stops the rain. Ahab realizes the power. He's lost power. He, he, he's, he's furious. He sends, he sends people out looking for Elijah. Why? Because he knows the ch- power of the sons and the daughters of God. He knows the power of the sons and daughters of God. I have to kill them in order to release Baal back. I have to kill them in order. I must remove the church. I must shut the church's doors. I must close the mouth of the prophets. I must shut down any any gospel uh, uh, preaching. I can't have it going out. I must quit. I must stop it. So he goes. Elijah knows he's looking for him. Goes and, he goes and finds him, and he says, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go up on that mountain, because you put, you put an Asherah pole up there, and we're going to go to the high places where you put that Asherah pole up, and you, gave, you, you agreed with the spirit of deception of the age. And you're seducing all these people. So you come up and you bring, you bring all your prophets of Baal and you bring all your prophets of Asherah. And you, and you come up to the high place. I'm, I'm going to meet you up there and we're going to see whose God is God. Which tells us, translate that, what does that mean for us? It means we must invade high places and, and tear down the powers and principalities of darkness. We must confront them. We can't be passive any longer. We must invade the high places. We must get to the strategic. Why was it a high place? Because it was, it was a strategic place of influence. Now, just think in your mind. Where are there strategic places of influence that are devoid of believers, of sons and daughters of God that are that are courageous and, 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 and have no fear? Where are they? There's, there's so many. And we got a lot of work to do in a little amount of time, but we can close the door with the spirit of Elijah. He gets up there and he confronts him. And God sends the fire and kills the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah. So we gotta invade the high places. But I want you to know I want you to see this one thing. The high places, the king was needed. He needed a king to put that high place up there. You need a king. You can't put you can't tear down a high place and you can't establish a high place unless you have a king. You and I are kings. You're a king, you're a queen. You're a queen, you're royalty. You better get to the high place. You better get high. You better in your prayer closet you got to get in those high places. You come out of the you come out of your prayer closet. You it's not enough that you work for the company. You gotta get in it. Now I'm talking literal now. Literal. You must climb the mountain and get higher. The, the world needs your influence. It's not enough. It's not enough that you pray at the base of the mountain. God says, Kings, kings establish the high places. And you and I are are kings, we're queens. Gotta get high. And re-establish, take our authority to the high places, to so the highest places we can go. You get you get you get invited to a place, you take authority there. Authority. Jesus said all, he said, some authority. No, all of it. I gave you all authority and you're playing as if you don't know who you are. Don't you know who you are? You belong in the high places. You're the only one that has authority to take down the Asherah poles. These Asherah poles in high places. These alliances with the spirits of the age that are deceiving many. Secondly, you got to clean the house. you got to clean the house. It was funny, my wife said, for Mother's Day, she said, "When all the kids come over, here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna give them a, a, a wash rag and assign them a window. <laughs> We've got a lot of windows in our house. I thought, man, man, that's a good idea, man. We should invite more children over, man. We could get it done in like an hour. <laughs> it's time to clean the house, like." Here's, here's the reason I don't. Here's the reason I we we have to be careful. You have to, you have to take your authority and you have to be careful. You have to be careful. Luke eleven twenty four 24 to 26. Check this out. This is what this is, this is a parable that Jesus gives. Now this this speaks this is this is this is for Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. I want you to think like that. So this applies to you, to your family. To this city to this nation and the world right here's what he says when an unclean spirit goes out of a man that means the unclean spirit was in the man when the unclean spirit comes out of the man where does it go he starts looking around for somebody else to get into. Somebody kicked the unclean spirit out. That tells me that by the spirit of the Lord, we can kick the unclean spirit out of our nation, out of our schools, out of our homes. Uh, we, can, we can take authority. God, Jesus here tells you, you can kick them out. We can rebuke them. You have the authority to kick them out. With just a word, if you know who you are. With just a word, if you know who you are. But, but you gotta know who you are you, gotta, you have to surrender to the process of transformation until you begin to may have access into dimensions beyond this one see you can't transformation gives you permission to, 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 to gain access to dimensions beyond just this one that's why transformation is necessary you can't just stop halfway through and be like that's cool I'm good I'm good with this much I don't want any more he says, somebody kicked the spirit out of a man. Now the, now the demon, now the demons are looking for somebody else to possess. They're looking for somebody to possess. It says, and if you can't find anybody, this is what he says, I'm going to go back to my house. I'm gonna go back to my house. And when he comes, he says, oh, it's empty. Be careful when you're empty. Be careful when you're down and you and you ain't got nothing left and your soul is dry and you're weary and you're tired. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Because that's when the demons are like, ooh, she's empty. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Oh, that's when we get weak and we say, oh, yeah, we just, we'll just we'll tolerate anything in the name of comfort when we're empty. Or we we'll, are we'll sleep in pig's pens when we're, when we're hungry. We're going to lay down in the fields when we are empty. We'll do whatever when we're empty. He said, I'm going back. And when he comes back, he brings with him. Not just these three. No good nothings brings with him four more seven brings with him seven more spirits Jesus says spirits he brings with him spirits spirits I know know, you're like but there's spirits out there Trying to possess you, trying to possess your children, trying to deceive, trying to seduce, trying to entice. There are spirits that are going unchecked by the church. Unchecked. Just walking in the door. Just walking in the door. Sitting down on the front row. I had a few of them here not long ago sitting over here. Mocking. Mocking the preaching of the gospel. Spirits just sitting right there. Unchecked. Walk through the door. And the wor- and the state of that man, the state of that man is worse than the beginning. So it tells me that you can be, you and I can be possessed. We gotta be careful. So we gotta clean the house. We gotta clean, we gotta make sure, God, search me. Search my heart. Search me, oh God. Make sure there's no Unclean, wicked way in me, search me, clean me, God, protect me. Then we got to like go to our house, our homes, because the devil is after our homes. He is after the nuclear family. He's after the family. He's after your home. He can get you home, though. He can get you home. He gets you. But we've got to clean the house. we got to clean the house. What, do you, what, am, what, what are you saying, Pastor? you got to check your television. you got to check your mailbox. You've got to check your visitors. You, you've got to check what you're listening to, what you're watching on that television. You've got to check... Alexa Google you got to check them you don't let them in your house unchecked you check them at the door and it's time to clean the houses you see something that don't feel right to your spirit get it out toss it out the window turn it off disconnect it stop watching it don't participate in it why because there are spirits looking to deceive and they dress it up real nice. They dress it up real and it's a bouquet of flowers. I mean, what's so harmful about those? They gotta clean it up in the church. The church, the church of the living God. It's time, it's time to clean the house. This can't, this is not what we live for. We live for, we live for this. Live for our identity. We we must be able to confront spirits of Asherah. Recognize them. Identify them. Rebuke them. And exercise them. Exercise them. Just like Elijah had had a massive exorcism on Mount Carmel, it's time for the church to stop being afraid to cast demons out when they see them. Time to start casting the demons out when you see them. Out in Jesus' name, that's it, simple. Out in Jesus' name, you said it the other night. Out in Jesus' name, you just cast them out. So we have to repent. 1 John 1.9 says, "'If we confess our sins, "'He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We must repent. We've got got to repent because we have been so passive and permissive of foolishness from demons. We gave gave them permission. We argue with one another about legislation in the government for crying out loud. We, we, We run out of churches every four years I'm telling you the truth. You know it. We get offended every four years. Why? Because we align ourselves with empty philosophy and 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 ideologies of this world. More. Not even more. Like all the way. Rather than our identity. How in the world can we not agree as the church of the living God that Moloch, the spirit of Moloch is murdering children. The spirit of Asherah, ruining families and marriages. Pornography is a $40 billion a year industry. $40 billion a year. Pornography. In battle. We spend more time on Sunday running our children to to organize basketball games and baseball games and, and we fill stadiums We gotta, you gotta fill the house. You gotta fill the house. What do you fill the house with? Because you're dangerous when you're empty. You're dangerous when you're empty. It's when the enemy comes, you're dangerous. So you gotta fill the house, what do you fill it with? You fill it with the word. Joshua 1.8, what does it say? What does it say? This book of the law, it shall not depart from your mouth, man. The book of this, book of the law, shall not. It is what we say at every turn. I I have nothing else to say but what God says. You tell me you're sick, I'll tell you that God says you're healed. You tell me you're depressed, I'll tell you that God said he gives the strength and the joy of the Lord. If you tell me there's no way, I'll show you in the Bible where God says he makes a way in, 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 in circumstances that defy all odds. I will take you to the word. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You're supposed to meditate on it when? Daytime and in the nighttime. you got to observe to do everything that is written in it. You can't just read it. you got to do it. you got to do all that it says to do. For then, when you do that, I will give you good success. So you got so we got to fill our homes with the word of the living God. You got fill to fill 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 your home. Fill your home. Fill your church. Fill your city. Fill your nation. Fill this world. What? All I got to tell you is what God says. I got nothing else. The gospel is all I got for you, man. The gospel is all I've got to tell you. You got to you got to pray. We got to fill our homes with prayer. Jesus said, You've turned my house into a den of thieves, but it's supposed to be a house of prayer. Paul said, you and I are supposed to do what? Pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, tells you and I. This is what Paul says. He says, he closes the exhortation with, pray without ceasing. Have you tried it? Pray without ceasing, like prayer, prayer, like prayer. You would think, you would think that prayer before church would go like that, that'd be something everybody would agree with. (laughs) It is not. It is not, it is debated. Should we pray or shouldn't we pray? I mean, should we pray? I mean, do you really think we should pray? I mean, maybe we shouldn't pray. I mean, maybe, maybe we shouldn't pray. I mean, maybe, maybe we shouldn't. I mean, we don't want to offend anybody by praying. You know what I mean? Maybe we should just keep our prayer for a time other than when we gather. I'm like, Fold. prayer. Yeah, Pray. Pray all the time. Paul said, this is the, this is the, the, the word from the Lord. From Paul says, you got to pray and not stop praying. And, and you know the problem is? We make prayer about time. God gave me a commandment a while ago. He said, I want you to pray for 100 hours. I started, and then I realized, I never really stopped praying. About halfway through, God showed me, he said, that's it. You got it. You're never supposed to stop praying. I don't care if you're talking to people. You're supposed to be talking to me while you're talking to people. And so you start thinking like that. God, I'm talking to you, but I'm really not. You ever talk to somebody like that? Like, I'm talking to you. I'm giving you all the head nods and the facial expressions. Like, oh, my goodness. And I'm I'm tilting my head to the, I'm leaning in. I'm giving you all the signals that I am listening to you, but really, I'm talking to him. And that's what you want me to do. You want me to be praying like that. And that's what Paul tells the church. you got to fill your home with prayer. you got to fill my church with prayer. You could be preaching, but you better be praying while you're preaching. You could be singing, but you better be praying while you're singing. You could be laying hands on the sick, but you better be praying while you're doing that. You could be working in the nursery, but you better be praying while you're doing it. You could be washing the dishes, but you better be praying. Why? You're supposed to be prayer without ceasing. Don't stop praying. What's prayer then? Prayer is just fellowship with God. Prayer is just unbroken fellowship with God. Keep your fellowship continued with God. Don't take a break. Time out. I'll come back to you in a little bit. I'm going to come hit you up 15 minutes. 15 minutes tonight, God, me and you are going to hook up. We're going to talk a little bit. All right, I'll see you later. That's what we do with prayer. We make fellowship with God about time. And God's like, no, no, unbroken, unending, without ceasing. That's how you're supposed to pray. Fill our homes with prayer. Fill our church with prayer so we pray the altar from this day forward we pray at this altar you can talk back there you just can't talk up here this belongs to him you can talk over there over there over there second row on you talk all you want man you can talk together laugh have a good time because that's important fellowship is important but this up here is more important if, if this up here don't happen that back there is not going to mean anything so this up here has to happen so we got to pray without ceasing fill the home with prayer Fill it with the word, fill it with prayer. Lastly, fill it with worship. Fill your homes with worship, with worship. I mean, literally, turn worship on in your home. I mean, literally, get in the car, fill it with worship. I mean, literally, come to church, fill this house with worship. We should turn the worship on and leave it on. Leave it on even when we're not here. Let it play, let it play. Lest any foul spirit decide to walk in the room, they would, they would feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and go, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not playing in here. I'm I'm either they're either gonna get converted or they're gonna leave. And that's it. You either gonna you're gonna get this Jesus or this Jesus is gonna chase you down the road. You're not gonna come in here and harass people. Fill it with worship. Genesis. Look at this. Genesis 821. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. He smelled a soothing aroma, and this is what he said. And then the Lord said in his heart, "I will never again curse the ground." You see what you see what worship does to the Lord. It causes the the Lord to relent. It causes the Lord to pull back and offer grace where judgment is supposed to come. Worship fills that. When she walked in that room, she broke that alabaster box and the aroma filled the room. God said, whew. And he poured out his presence. Worship stops judgment. It softens hearts. It unlocks atmospheres. It makes it possible for Jesus to do the work that he's supposed to. When When your heart is hard, and you're mad, and you're angry, and you're bitter, and you're offended, worship breaks you down. <sighs> it gives grace. Fill your homes with worship. Come on, stand as we close tonight. We've closed. Uh... Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. There was a lot there. And there's a lot more there, you know. let me just say uh, we've covered our apathy and cowardice with acceptance and tolerance for far too long time time to stand time to stand for the Lord this story I I heard I won't share who it is but it was a real popular guy and uh, he took his Bible and uh, it was kind of like this one it was all beat up and written in and he gave it to his kids, one of his kids, he gave it to him. He said, "He said, uh, I want you to have this. He gave it to him. And he said, but I, as I give it to you, I want you to know that uh, I had to repent. Because for, for, a, good, for a good long while, I, I was arrogant. That's spiritual arrogance. I, I thought I knew better than the early church. He gave it to his kids and he said, and I want you to know, like, Jeremiah 6, 16 says, stand in the ways and look and find the old way. Walk in it. It's time for the church to go back. there's no revelation that we have today that's better <laughs> than what they had. Like, this Bible, oh, got to return to it. The old way, and I walk in it. Study the old way. The older I get, the more I know that like old stuff is cooler. Yeah. I don't want no electric car. I want a 1969 Camaro you know what I mean like, I want I want one uh, what's his name he has a, he's a Cadillac over here you know he, he drives and I'm like yeah, hey, that's smooth man give me one of them Cadillacs that turn with a finger you know what I mean cause the old you see the substance of the old and God's calling us back he's calling the church back the old way come on just close your, your eyes right there and just, just a simple prayer as we close that God take me back to where I first loved you Yeah, where the gospel was simple and I was obedient and I trusted you with my whole heart God exposed the deception of this age at every turn for me Holy Spirit make me so sensitive That I can identify and God, now now I pray bring courage to the church of the living God. Boldness to the church of the living God. The generation that the enemy is after, I pray boldness. And the spirit of discernment to rightly divide the word of truth. Like sons and daughters of Issachar. To know the time and what they should do and how they should fight. Bless your people tonight pray their homes full. I pray their hearts full of the word, full of prayer, full of worship. I bless our gatherings in the future, God. Yeah. We love you, Jesus. Give you all our hearts one more time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Live right, love everybody. Pray hard.